Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? Really especially encourage women. If they're serious about this, don't just sit in a database. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you watch me on the Drew Barrymore Show, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers, and welcome to another game-changing episode of Dates and Mates. Love knows no boundaries, and yet inequities can often rear their ugly heads, even in the realm of romance. It might appear in the form of someone who refuses to date people their own age or someone who refuses to date people outside their race. I've been hearing a lot of questions about this coming up from you all and from the people in my program. But just because that is someone else's story or a story that's been told to you in the past doesn't mean that you need to listen to it or that it applies to your life going forward. And that is why our word of the week is authenticity. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your authenticity is your superpower. I learned this myself after years of trying to fit into other people's boxes. There is no box for a four foot, 11 and a half black Jewish girl from the Midwest. I had to make my own box. And I gotta tell you, it's a much more comfortable place to live in than squeezing myself into other people's boxes. So embrace authenticity. Step into your true self at any age, any race, any religion. Step into your true relationship goals, whether it includes another person, maybe more than one person, or even a child who can help you achieve the goal of being a parent. And my guest today did just that. And our conversation today will inspire us all to trust that our authentic selves are lovable and to set relationship goals that are realistic and inspiring for us. Rachel Russo has been working full-time as a matchmaker and dating coach for 18 years through her boutique matchmaking and relationship coaching company, Rachel Russo Relationships. You know I love that alliteration. And fun fact, she's also a solo mom by choice, and she is loving mom and entrepreneur life. But I'm not going to tell her story for her. I'm going to let her tell it to you. Please help me welcome her in with big smooches. It's Rachel Russo. Thank you so much, Timona. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here because I have known of your work for a long time. We've been connected for a long time, but I can't believe you haven't been here on Dates and Mates. So I'm excited to have you here and to change that track record because you have so much to say. You have so much to offer. And we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, and so do you. I'm definitely like honored to be here because you've done so much and you have so many awesome credentials in this relationship space and TV and everything. So let's get to Thank it, you. right? You're welcome. <laughs> well, I know you've been you've been matchmaking for a long time, like about 
two decades, right? 18 years. Yeah. And I've been coaching about the same time. And there are certainly shifts that I see. You know, mostly I focus on the online dating space and helping people be their own matchmaker. Mm -hmm. But I... I imagine you're seeing a lot of changes also in the matchmaking space. And there was a post you had that really caught my eye about one of the changes in your own business of who you will match for and who you won't. Can you explain a little bit about this line that you've drawn in the sand and why you made this this move for your matchmaking business? Absolutely. I think it's been a long career and I've just worked with all different kinds of people. So I'm kind of at the point in my business where I'd like to pick and choose, right? Cherry pick the clients that excite me the most because uh, while we would like to think as business owners that all clients are created equal, (laughs) let's keep it real. They are not (laughs) Um, in terms of our excitement about working with them. So by that, I mean, I I can really work with anyone professionally that is respectful and has reasonable criteria, but they don't always like align with my own values. So I'm trying to draw that line in the sand where, hey, I'm not the authority on all relationships, right? People are not uh, expecting that I have all the answers, although some of them might be and they're, they're seeking help. But there are things that I know that you know that we've seen from being in this industry, we see how they play out. So the things that I don't like that are playing out now in this space, uh, I want to say no to. And I know that sounds a little mysterious, but the post that I think resonated with you had to do with women and age and the way our dating culture and society seems to devalue women as they age you know, regardless of like anything, you know, their race or the socioeconomic status or their location. It To me, it seems like across the board, men are wanting, at least the men that are coming to me in the matchmaking world are wanting to date significantly younger women. And when it's like 20 plus years, 25 years and more, and the men are in their 70s and they're wanting to date people in their 40s, I'm not on board. Okay. Yeah. So Yes, that was the post. That was, you hit the nail on the head. And it's interesting because I tried matchmaking very, very early on. And I realized that for me, I'm really more of a teacher, a coach, and I, I'm i I'm better at guiding people to have these realizations about what they really want and what they really need and develop a plan to go out and get it. And I, I will say like, there was something that got under my skin about matchmaking. And I have partnerships with a lot of matchmakers. A lot of my friends are matchmakers, you know, the the same people that you and I play with. We, I have a lot of respect for the profession, but just for me, I found it also kind of exhausting to be confronted with these stereotypes really of what people thought that they wanted. And the difference in coaching is that there's an openness to going through this transformation or journey. And I feel like sometimes when people are hiring a matchmaker and I don't know what you charge, you don't have to tell me right now, but (laughs) you know, it's a huge investment. It's a huge investment because as you just said, for you, you have to be aligned in values to go out and find this person that they're looking for. And it's a lot of work for you to leave no stone unturned and find this person. And 
to do that when the person's goal of what they're looking for, they're like, well, I'm paying you for it, so you better go out and find me somebody who's 25 years younger, that must really get exhausting. I see exactly what you're saying. Like, you are so not alone. And I mean, I've felt that too. Most of our colleagues have felt it. It's really hard matchmaking. It's really labor intensive. But I think the side of it that no one's really talking about, like, openly like this, is that we are encountering all of these trends that as women, most of us are women in the profession, we're finding very distasteful. And how do you balance that with the like realistic needs that, you know, you have to make a living, right? This isn't a hobby for a lot of the people that are coming to us. They have families, they have, you know, bills to pay and all that. But how can you have integrity and do the matchmaking thing? And coaching, I love coaching. I do a little bit of coaching as well in terms of getting people ready for the matchmaking. So I love that you put out that plan. But I think what I and a lot of the matchmakers I've trained and know struggle with is that all these singles are coming to us and they're saying, I don't want coaching. Just match me. <laughs> I've done the work. And you know what? Some of them have. They've been to therapy. They've been to coaching. They do self-development retreats. Like I know that there's so many amazing women that are actually like relationship ready. I mean, we all have things to work on, but they don't necessarily need this like full-blown coaching, but I think they could use some. But so that's the challenge we face as matchmakers. You know, what do you do with people that are resistant to the coaching? Can we get them to do a little coaching? I require a little bit, like one or two sessions at least so that I can make them like as successful as possible because I think it's one thing to just match people, but another thing to say, you're actually matchable. So, you know, I want to represent you and I want to feel good about you and be excited and not be aware of like all these red flags that are kind of written all over you. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting uh, perspective because as a coach, I, I do hear that too. Mm -hmm. I just need to meet more people. I'm just not meeting the right people. I'm just not in the right pool. I'm just not in the right city. I just don't like online dating. And that's why I see myself as meeting someone IRL. And a lot of times, maybe, maybe the pool and the opportunity is part of it, but there usually is some sort of pattern underneath that, that it's, it's kind of, to me, it feels like it's pointless to just work with your matchmaker to find you matches if you're not open to hearing any of the feedback that's because there's a learning opportunity. Yes. In that. And I think that's why so many people will come to me after having disappointing experiences with matchmakers. Well, I paid all this money. I got three dates out of it. I didn't like any of them. I don't know why they were showing me these matches. And the learning piece isn't there. And then they just leave frustrated feeling like, you know, I'm like, it's like pouring it into a leaky vessel. Like, you know, if you have a cup of water and you like want to have a full cup of water and you keep pouring and you're pouring water in, but there's a hole in the bottom of the cup. Yes. <laughs> how are you going to get a drink? Exactly. We can only work with what we work with. So we're not miracle workers. I, I agree with you. I think I definitely see like systemic issues having to do with gender that women are facing and some things that men are facing as well. And the times and of course, I'm sure you talk about this like so much in your podcasts and blogs, but all the apps, right? And like this dating app culture and like the overabundance of choices. There are things that I think are creating problems for people in 2023 that's like beyond their own psyche. But then at the same time, I noticed what you do as well. There's deeper issues that 
if they didn't work on them, they should work on them before coming to a matchmaker because they're not going to get the best results in the healthiest version of a relationship, like you're saying. Yeah. Well, or even just be open to working on it with a matchmaker. Yes, yes. Because otherwise, I think you're you're wasting your time and money because there is so much discovery. This is what I'm always telling my clients. There's so much discovery in the dating process about yourself. You can use these dates, whether you meet your your person or not, you can use each date to sort of hold up a mirror and show you where the growth areas are for yourself. So specifically, Rachel, if a man comes to you and is like, Rachel Russo, I want to meet some women. I'm 70. <laughs> and my ideal type is a, you know, 40-year-old model. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I, I know there's people listening right now that are like, ha, 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 ha. This is real, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally real. Okay, so what do you say to him now that you are really clear that you're matching based on your values as well? What do you res- what's your response to that? So this is what prompted the post. In in one week, I actually had two men in their 70s who wanted to date women in their 30s and 40s. Okay? And so full disclosure, I'm 39, I'm about to turn 40 next month. I'm trying to embrace that age. And, you know, I started in this industry young. I was 21. I think I had a lot to learn and see how things go. Now, I'm just trying to put a little personal experience in this because that's what I would share with those men. And I do share with them. So I would tell them to put yourself in the shoes of the women that you want to date. In my case, I'm the age that they want to date. But guess what? My dad is 72. (laughs) So why do I want to date you? when I can date someone who's a more reasonable age difference or my own age, right? Um, So I ask them about, you know, what they think would be appealing about them to a woman that age, right? And a lot of times they are flat out like, it's the money, right? I have the the resources. And I mean, obviously those relationships work for some, but that's not really what I'm looking to do as a matchmaker. I'm trying to create healthy relationships and people can absolutely value money and financial stability. And I think they should. And I want that. And I work with professionals and people who do have money, but that's not like the number one point of compatibility that I want to match on. So these men are aware that that's like their value. And so it just feels icky to me to be matching them. So, you know, I'm, I'm just very honest. I don't have a database of women who are willing to date that large of an age gap. And I don't think that that's necessarily like the best thing in general for people to have such a large age gap. I think it can work out. And we all know people. And maybe they have like an incredible, beautiful connection. But I think what I learned from my own experience and even all the many, I got like 400 comments on that post. I don't know if you read all of them. But I think what people were saying was, it feels creepy to go to a matchmaker and look for someone 40 years younger. But if you happen to be out and about in the real world, in real life, and organically like met someone who maybe defied the age stereotypes and you just had like a profound connection or you were in the same group at work or party or whatever, and you just clicked, that seems very different to stumble into that than specifically and only looking for people 40 years younger than you. So I just would try to encourage the person to like look at their criteria 
if it's desirable to the other person and for them to understand that it's unrealistic for a matchmaker from a business perspective to do that. Well, and it's interesting because it's like if you asked them, they wouldn't want to be judged on their age. And, you know, I hear from from men and women, you know, straight and queer Everybody, whatever age they are, I'm glad that you're like, I'm embracing my age because whatever age they are, they like feel younger. Yeah. You know, I relate to that as well. Like they feel younger and that like they could appeal to someone younger or that people their age seem too old. Yes. And so I feel like it's really like a larger conversation in society about us not valuing age and wisdom and experience. And to me, it's more of a, a reflection of your own sort of, I don't know, feelings of shame or uh, feeling like lack of worth or in this case, like lack of virility that would drive someone to say that because even like I don't even try to get too granular about age range you know especially with online dating I for most of my clients I like to keep it broader than they're willing like we have an idea in our head about what a particular age means so it is it says something to me that somebody would specifically say I'm only looking at people 30 to 40 years younger. If they were like, I'm open to anyone from 30 to 75. Right. That's a very different conversation than I'm only fixated on this. Definitely. And if people have good reasons for fixating on age, I could understand that. So I am working with a client now in full disclosure who has a very large age gap, but he's mid 40s. He happens to be a billionaire. So I feel like the rules don't always apply. Right. And he's looking for someone late 20s to mid 30s because he wants to have a ton of kids like four plus kids. Now that's a whole other conversation, right? Yeah. All right, Al Pacino. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I'm not exactly on board with that either. Um, But this, I work with this person because he's incredible and he's, you know, relationship oriented, but um, you know, that's not the norm. That's not the norm for everyone. And also how many women, I mean, this is another conversation, but how many young women want to have that many kids in today's society and want to be with him for the right reasons. I mean, there's just so many questions. And basically want to be a procreation machine. Yeah. Because it's like you're you're only here for your uterus. Like Right, right. Uh, girl, I I, I don't, don't know. like that. I, my, I'm, my blood is my <laughs> blood pressure is going up. Yes. Okay, Rachel, I want to talk a little bit about how you address the ladies when it comes to matchmaking. But first, we need to take a quick break. Lovers, before you hit the fast forward button, please Consider giving these ads a listen and trying out what you hear. They allow us to bring you Dates and Mates for free every single week. And we have so many more insights to share with you, including our love lesson of the week right after this. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you, lovers, for supporting our sponsors and the Dates and Mates team. Now, Rachel, what about the women that come to you with their lives built? They have everything, but they would like to also have a partner. How do you determine whether someone is aligned with you before you take them on as a client? And how do you also steer what their expectations are for the matchmaking experience? So I think it starts out with just a conversation. I don't really expect people like, hey, you know, you have to sign this big expensive matchmaking package just talking to me one time, right? It's a little bit like dating. (laughs) It's a little bit like a courtship, right? And they have to find the best personalized match because I usually work with people pretty standard in the industry for like at least six months. So I honestly mean this. I really want to like my clients. And if I don't like them, it's a miserable six months, right? So I want to get to know them and vet them just as much as they're vetting me, especially because as I think you know now, I'm a solo mom. I had my my little baby on my own. That's a, another conversation. And she's almost two. Oh, we're going to get into that, Rachel. <laughs> we're going to get into um, that for sure. Yeah. So my time is limited. My time is very limited and it's a boutique business. So I'm not all about like, let me just sign anyone up. So I'll do a free consultation with whoever wants to just to get a sense of like, can I even work with them? You know, does their criteria sound realistic? Do I like them? Do they like me? And then from there, I'll have them fill out a database form so I can just see what they look like if I haven't seen, see what they where they stand in terms of location, age criteria, you know, religion, all like the basics. And then I often like look into my database already before I even like do the strategy session with them, then I'd be able to say, okay, I think this is someone I could work with, but I really have to get to know them better to see if the values line up, to see what their relationship history is, what their interests are, what they envision for the future, like really just get to know them. And can people get into your database if they want to be potentially matched with a client? Yes. That's also free to be in the complimentary um, database, confidential. What you said before is so true, though. I really especially encourage women, if they're very serious about this, don't just sit in a database because (laughs) um, I have like 10 clients, right? And uh, unless they're a really good match, they're not going to get anything from it. So they're better off to talk to me about becoming a client or I can refer them to a colleague. But if they're really expecting a match, I would I would do more than that. You brought up that you you're a single mom by choice. Yeah. Yes, I am. It's interesting. Also working in the love business, I imagine making this decision to have a child, whether or not you had a partner in your life. That's a huge decision. That's a huge decision. Right. And I'm I have to think that it impacted also the conversations you were having in your business in some way. Definitely. Well, I I really actually credit my business to my beautiful almost two-year-old daughter because I don't think I would have ever went this route if I wasn't seeing firsthand what was happening. 
I was working in New York City before I had started my own company full time. I was working for some of the top matchmakers. I was meeting tons of beautiful, professional, like extremely well-educated women in Manhattan every day in my office. And they were in their 30s. They were in their 40s. They were single. They did not have children. And they were coming to me because they wanted both. They wanted marriage and family. And they were like scared that they were pushing 40. And some were talking about egg freezing at that time, not knowing like how well it would work out. And I just thought like something clicked. Like I do not want to be that woman. You know, I want to really have a child. Like that was my first priority. And, you know, I did some dating and relationships where that was like a focus in the beginning which is not the best way to like go about dating. Like, hey, do you want to be my baby daddy? (laughs) Right? Like, that's not how you do it. You were saying you were dating people not just for like the seed. You were like dating them (laughs) with the intention of like being in a serious relationship and having kids. Yeah. Like in my 20s, I really focused on my career and did a lot. And it was fantastic. And I had a serious relationship and I had a couple other serious relationships in my early 30s that I thought like this guy could be the one, right? But after like three of them that I thought could be the one that weren't, (laughs) um, the last one actually had children already. And he said that he wanted more. So he said, (laughs) Um, but then six months after dating, he changed his mind and didn't want to have more children. And I was turning 35. So I was like, I'm not waiting and starting all over again. I don't want to do this dating process and start talking about travel and what do I do for fun? And, (laughs) you know, what, how many siblings do I have? Like, I need to get down to business. I hadn't froze my eggs or anything at that point. I was just learning into looking into my fertility. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to try this like one more time. And if I don't meet anyone, then I'm just going to use a donor and I'm going to find, uh, you know, a way to do this and make this happen. And I'll, I'll get married. I'll find my husband later. Why not? Like I have my whole life to find love, but I only have this window that could be preserved a bit longer (laughs) due to modern day technology, but it's still only a window. And like, I just chose, you know, it was either baby or husband. I was like, well, if I can't have both, what do I want right now? And I just think if I didn't meet all those women and I wasn't a matchmaker and I didn't hear their stories and I didn't hear like the pain of not having a family, I just would have never like it would have never even occurred to me to do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is really powerful. And I'm a big proponent of like if you can extend the window, do. But egg freezing, fertility, all of that. All of it mm-hmm. is really expensive. Totally. And I think also no one talks about the emotional toll of that experience too. Um, so that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, uh, we, which we could have another time. But I'm really curious, Rachel, how that has impacted your dating life because I do hear it from a lot of my clients. Like, well, maybe I should just, I really want a kid. Maybe I should just have, have a kid on my own I've, I've had people in my program who were pregnant in my coaching program. Yeah. Um, and people who've, who've come to me after, right after having a child and said, okay, now I'm ready to date. As a parent, I, everything is more complicated. Totally. <laughs> everything is more complicated when you're a parent. Oh, yeah. But I'm curious if in dating you've seen that be a challenge for certain, certain matches if you are able to even carve out the time to date? I wrote an article that was published like soon after I had my baby about how I believe being a solo mom by choice could 
positively impact women's love lives because it's so empowering. It takes the pressure off. They're happy. They got what they want. Now they can find someone on their terms instead of just fitting into like a guy's agenda or, you know, choosing someone who's going to just be a good father. So there's that. And I do wholeheartedly believe that that can be true for some people. But now after being a solo mom for almost two years, I have a completely different uh, personal take on dating, and I've actually not been dating anyone. Some of this has to do with it was a pandemic that was just ending, and I don't have, you know how everyone says it takes a village? I have some family support, but it is by no means a village, (laughs) unfortunately, and I'm finding that it's harder, as you said, to carve out that time. And I actually like don't feel like I'm in the place to carve out that time because I really had some challenges with my daughter and I really wanted to focus on her. And like these couple years, you know, up to age three, I think, are like the most important years developmentally. And I just want that to be my main priority and my own health and well-being. And of course, my business being an entrepreneur, right? I don't have like this, you know, 401k and like guaranteed everything. So I have a lot on my plate. So I've decided to delay dating until she's three, which is also like kind of a bold decision. Now, by that, I mean, like, if someone amazing came along, again, organically, (laughs) um, I'm open. I'm really open if it's like the right fit for me. But I just don't have the heart to like go out and search right now. It's not it's a job and it's not a job I want to do. I'd rather search for other people and enjoy this singlehood. And I've actually found that a lot of solo moms by choice feel the same way. I think there's no perfect time to date as a solo mom, um, but there are times not to. And so I think they're feeling like their lives are pretty full and they are hoping to meet someone. They're hoping to do some things. um, But the dating is really tough as a solo mom. And I think it does have to come up in early conversations. So I actually started a community, which if there's anyone listening and wants to join, I started a Facebook group for solo moms and not just solo moms by choice, but any single moms, um, particularly on the East Coast, because that's where I'm located. I kind of wanted like a local aspect of it where we can meet up, but I'd probably let in others as well. Yeah, it does make you dial in. Having Mm -hmm. kids makes you really focus on what's important. I don't know why we put so much pressure <laughs> on ourselves. I, you know, some of it's societal, but some of it's internal of, oh, I've, I've been divorced. And so now I've got to get back out there. I've got to, you know, get in the, I got to yeah. get into action right away. And maybe it, it ties into some of what we were talking about earlier of, of what society tells us is, um, attractive is is acceptable and that loss of virility or you know sexiness for a woman I think a a lot of that is what drives us to feel like we have to always be dating so I love that you've come to this place where you're like it's not my season and there will be a time when it is my season but this is what's important now and I see with my clients it's all that dialing in of what are my values? What are my goals? And then putting t- a timeline to it where you know when you're ready after she's three, you're going to do it with intention instead of feeling like you're being pulled in a million different directions, totally. which is what yeah. my client was saying to me. 
Yeah, I think you have to be really ready. I like to be all in with doing something, you know, and I felt like so all in when I was, gosh, paying so much money, talked about the expenses and the emotional labor. And like I was doing everything, the diets and the acupuncture, like I was doing everything to have this baby. And I want to put equal effort into like finding a partner if, if that's what I need to do, if it doesn't happen organically. And I don't mean like I have to go on all these dating sites and do all this, but just putting myself out there in whatever way that would make sense but really being like ready and like sold on the idea that like hey now's the time like I'm open I'm gonna attract someone great because I just feel like if you do it before you're ready you don't attract the right partners and you get into like these relationships by default sometimes like the wrong ones and that's why I really value the coaching work that you do because you're creating a strategic plan for these people and you're like looking at, are they actually ready? Is it their time? Is it their season? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, Rachel. So wonderful to have you here. Y'all, you got to be following Rachel on Instagram at rachel.russo. Or if you'd like to apply for Rachel's confidential database, go to rachelrusso.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-R-U-S-S-O. You know what we do. We put the links in the show notes. Now, before we go, I have your love lesson of the week. As we begin our fall cohort of the Dates and Mates Method program, I'm thinking, thinking about new beginnings. We have all these small openings in our life where we can glimpse our future and we get little windows, sometimes small, sometimes longer, that we get to step into or that we push away. And I got to tell you, looking into the eyes of my participants in the program, I was so overwhelmed with excitement for them in this new beginning, because I know the new adventures that they're about to experience. And then I started thinking about all the people who missed the window. There were so many people who came to the F the Fairy Tale Challenge and who attended the free intro class who chose not to step into that window and to embrace that new beginning. And it just made me think about all of the windows that maybe they or I have missed. And what would it look like? What would it be like if we had turned toward it instead? So your love lesson for today is to look for the windows. They're opening every day in your life. Every time someone invites you to a party, every time you open your dating app, every time you step into the coffee shop before work, there are windows. So this week, look for a window and make a promise to me that you'll say yes to peeking in through one of those windows this week. And if the Dates and Mates method is one of those windows for you, it is not too late to join. If you're feeling the FOMO, our second class is Wednesday, October 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And that is officially when doors will close forever on this group program. So if this is your window, go to demonahoffman.com slash program to reserve your spot right now. My friends, this was episode 476 of Dates and Mates. Did you love it? Do you want to tell other people about it? Why not leave us a five-star review? We would love to hear what you're enjoying about this new season. PR Girl said, great advice, fun podcast. Thanks, Demona. I would love to know what you love about the show, which guests and episodes resonated with you so I can keep making more content that you want to hear. The DMs are open 24-7 at Demona Hoffman on X. Now I'm saying X like everybody else is supposed to say on X, on Facebook or on Instagram. Or 
you know, we have a 24-7 voicemail and text line, 424-246-6255. We will be back again next Tuesday with a fun one. My friend Erica Etten, the founder of A Little Nudge, will be back on the show to talk about digital dating. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.